0: Hey, hey, y'all. It's me, Robin. And just real quick before we get to today's episode, if you are loving listening to the podcast, or maybe you don't know because you've just pressed play for the first time ever, but if you like to listen to things in your earbuds, you are going to be so happy to know that Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors is now released as an audiobook. You can get it in Audible, or wherever else you get your audiobooks. And of course, you can still get it in print and ebook. If you go to slash book, it's going to give you all the options, including that you could order a signed copy from my local bookstore. Alrighty, y'all. Here's that podcast episode you're waiting for traumatic experiences are almost always coupled with this felt sense of being all alone. It seems to be the overwhelming experience of aloneness that contributes to a traumatic experience becoming kind of like lodged in the nervous system and leaving those whispers or what can even seem more like shouts and screams of trauma symptoms. It makes sense then, because of mirror neurons and other fascinating neurobiological processes, that parenting a child who has experienced trauma or working with people who have experienced trauma can bring an overwhelming amount of aloneness into our bodies. We can work to undo that aloneness. I'm Robin Gobel, and this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translate it for parents of kids who have experienced trauma. I'm a psychotherapist with over 15 years of experience working with kids who have experienced trauma and their families. I'm also a self-diagnosed brain geek and relationship freak. I study the brain kind of obsessively and even teach the science of interpersonal neurobiology in a certificate program. This is episode 22, and today I'm talking about the aloneness of trauma, the aloneness of parenting a child with a history of trauma or working with clients with a history of trauma and holding up curiosity, for how we might begin to undo that overwhelming aloneness. I started this podcast 22 episodes ago to get free accessible support to you as fast as possible. So this podcast isn't fancy and I do very little editing. Sometimes you'll hear "cockadoodle do in the background, and that might be especially true today because it is early and the perfect time for lots of cockadoodle doing. If you love this episode, add Parenting After Trauma to your favorite podcast player and share with your friends and colleagues. Be sure to head over to robingoble.com to discover all the free resources I have for you. You can also read about the club over at robingobel.com slash the club. It's a very special virtual space for parents to experience the connection, and co-regulation you need, along with a little trauma-informed education. It's a space for parents and profesh- and the professionals who support them to come together to undo aloneness. And we are reopening the doors for new members very soon. To think about the vast reaches of aloneness, let's first think about the vast reaches of connection, right? There's this like moment of energetic meeting that happens between two people when, when their nervous systems come together and and touch right in the space between them, that is the sweetest, most human experience possible. It's in that moment that there's this breath of, I exist, you exist, You, you are with me here in this moment, which means I am not alone. In, in that moment, there's this like intertwining of energies as the silent dance of co-regulation begins. These moments, y'all, these are not moments of human luxury. Okay, these are moments of human necessity, meaning we need these moments of touching into connection, these moments of I exist, you exist, you are with me, and I am not alone. It's this felt sense of I exist that knits us together, like knits our own individual neurobiology together and then contributes of course to the knitting together of we all exist together it's an experience that like underlies the creation of our sense of self of a sense of i am me a sense of i am here Traumatic experiences, though, can leave this devastating sense of aloneness printed on our nervous systems, especially if those traumatic experiences are ongoing and if the individual doesn't receive the co-regulation that's important in helping their nervous system recalibrate, right? So parents of kids with a history of relational and complex trauma are some of the loneliest people I have ever known. A well of aloneness. So deep. It's so deep when you're parenting a child whose own history and relationship means they are terrified of that sweet moment of energetic meeting. These Deeply, deeply wounded, but precious, sweet children crave this moment, this moment, the sweetness where our systems come together and touch, like kiss almost in this energetic space in between us. They crave this moment with their entire being in a way that honestly would overwhelm them if they gave it any conscious attention, which is why they don't, which is why some of our kids with histories of trauma have managed to almost convince themselves and convince us that they don't need connection, which couldn't be further from the truth. It's not possible for a human to not need connection. But the desire of it, acknowledging the desire of it when you've also been hurt in that very space is too much. It's simply too overwhelming. These deeply wounded, but especially precious sweet children match the intensity of that craving with an intensity of complete rejection Rejection of themselves and rejection of those who try to meet them in this space of connection. Humans exist whether someone acknowledges that existence or not. But we only know we exist. We only feel that we exist because somebody acknowledges our existence. Somebody meets us in that space of connection. Someone brings their existence and touches ours when children experience deep deep pain in their earliest relationships pain of being hurt pain of being ignored and unseen pain of being present with adults who were so dysregulated that they weren't energy energetically present for their kids our kids then don't have the history of necessary experiences of having their own existence acknowledged. So even though of course they do indeed exist, they have few moments of experiencing the felt truth that they exist. This lack of having enough experiences makes existence feel slippery. The possibility of not existing is felt and real and utterly annihilatingly terrifying. When you aren't sure if you exist, you both desperately crave confirmation that you do while also desperately doing everything possible to avoid confirmation that you do. Parenting loving, and attempting to create moments of connection with these deeply wounded, but preciously wonderful, sweet children is a profoundly lonely journey. And then this loneliness is is compounded because it seems as though absolutely nobody else gets it. Being in close relationship with somebody with a history of trauma is such a unique experience that unless you have direct felt experience with it, unless you can really hold that felt sense in your own heart and mind and body, it's almost impossible or completely impossible to truly imagine the loneliness of parenting. Children with a history of trauma becomes compounded exponentially when that loneliness isn't seen really by anyone, by friends, peers, colleagues, um, partners, family members, teachers, therapists, right? The helpers who are truly supposed to get it and see it. And this loneliness is traumatic. It leaves an imprint on our spirits that just wreaks havoc on our health, our physical health and our mental health, as well as on our relationships, our relationships with others, our relationships with our kids and our relationship with ourself. Longing for that moment of meeting between yourself and your child is human. It is not the same as longing for your child to meet your emotional needs. Your child doesn't actually owe you connection, but that doesn't make it any less lonely and traumatic that you aren't receiving it. Parenting. I mean, all relationships work because of the mutual participation of the dance of serve and return, the volley of connection, receiving that connection and then volleying it back. We can understand why the devastating impacts of trauma are impairing our child's ability to receive and volley back our connection, right? We can acknowledge that our kids don't owe us anything, including connection, while also acknowledging that it is deeply painful and traumatic to not receive that volley of connection back. Both are true. So I'm here this morning recording this podcast for the parents who are longing to feel seen. I see you. I'm also here up early this morning recording in my PJs, crossing my fingers that my son's morning alarm clock isn't being captured by the recording for all the professionals who have the great privilege and honor of meeting with these parents. Therapists, helpers, y'all are doing amazing work. I am so, so grateful for you. Y'all are doing amazing work, period. And add into that the co-occurring and co-experienced trauma of the pandemic and the heightened sense of aloneness and isolation while continuing to provide the best care to your clients possible, you are doing amazing work. And I see you. I'm so grateful for you. Parents of kids impacted by trauma need you to see them deeply, deeply see them and be with them. And it's really the only thing they need from you. They need you to feel comfortable with the truth that you sometimes have no idea how to help them. They need you to feel comfortable with the truth that bringing healing to children who have experienced relational trauma is a long road with few moments of confirmation that you are on the right road. They need you to feel comfortable with the enormity of the intensity of both them, the parents, and their child. Being uncertain of your own existence in the world is overwhelming. When that uncertainty comes into your office or even meets you on the Zoom screen, you could become swallowed by that overwhelm or you could welcome the overwhelm. Hold it, be with it, see it. Because undoing aloneness is truly your number one goal. Undoing aloneness in families where it's possible that the chaos and the overwhelm won't ever change might be your only goal. It is profoundly healing to not be alone. It is profoundly healing to have someone meet you there and say, I am not afraid. I will be with you here. I will confront all my own feelings of helplessness and be with you right here. I will not go. Now, I also know that it is profoundly hard to continually and repeatedly show up for our clients and their families in that way. And you deserve all the support that you can get so that you can keep moving forward, you can keep day after day, hour after hour, showing up for families in this way. Families who are bringing into your office overwhelming experiences of trauma and aloneness. Parents of kids with relational trauma are desperate for things to change. They they also have a terror and a knowing that it's possible things won't change. Yes, they want us, the therapists and the professionals to help things change, but yes, they also really truly do know that maybe it's not possible for things to change. And really, truly what they want is to feel seen, to feel known, to definitely not feel judged to not be alone. They want to be met in this energetic space of meeting. Because remember, this energetic space of meeting isn't a luxury. It's a necessity, a necessity in being human. So therapists, you know, I adore you. And it's important for you to find your own spaces where you can be seen and known because it's not a luxury for you either. It's a necessity. Parents, I know that there just aren't enough helpers out there meeting you in that space, connecting with you there, truly seeing with you. So creating more spaces for you to feel felt has become the primary goal of my work. It's what my colleagues that you've had the luxury of meeting on this podcast. It's what's they're doing. Mark and Anne and Karen and Eileen and Jessica, they're all out there creating spaces for you to feel seen either directly with them in the work that they're doing with families or in the way that they're out there helping more therapists feel confident in this work. The undoing of aloneness, the necessity of connection and co-regulation. This is exactly why I created the club. So we were in quarantine for nine months and I started to get messages and emails from parents that were, that were indicating to me that undoing aloneness was possible even in a virtual space. Y'all were emailing me and telling me that when you hear my voice in your head, it's bringing you another moment of regulation. It's bringing you another moment of compassion for yourselves. Parents were emailing me and telling me this like, parents I've never, ever, ever met before. Parents were the only contact I've had with them is in the emails that they get from me. Right. So, what I learned from that, what I learned from y'all having the guts to email me and tell me these things is that we can create with intentionality a space specifically for our connection co-regulation and undoing aloneness. Honestly, this is like the missing link in trauma-informed education and care. So the club has been so wonderful. The three months almost now of watching these parents and also professionals come together with a commitment to connection and co-regulation and showing up for each other while also holding compassionate boundaries for each other. It's been, it's exceeded all of my expectations and I just can't wait to reopen the doors again and bring new members into this experience. So the club's going to reopen for new members soon. I open it approximately every three months. That's my aim. If you head over to robbingoble.com slash the club, you can read all the details and sign up to be notified as soon as the club reopens for new members. Like I said, probably about every three months. While you're on my website, then of course, poke around and grab all the free resources that are available, all the blogs, all the videos. There's all sorts of free resources that I want you to have. You can also get immediate access to short webinars on really narrow topics like lying or oppositional behavior, or deep dive into my comprehensive online course, Parenting After Trauma, Minding the Heart and Brain. If you are loving this podcast, please share. I am so grateful that you're tuning in. I'm so grateful for all of you that are tuning in week after week after week. I am so grateful for the privilege of coming to you week after week after week, and being a part of what feels like a movement, a real movement of people creating significant change in the world, a movement that's starting with parents of kids impacted by trauma. And I think that's pretty awesome. The sooner truly, the sooner the whole world understands a neurobiology of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human, the sooner our kids will live in a world that sees them for who they really are completely amazing, and sometimes struggling, sometimes struggling a lot. Thank you for tuning in today. I will see you next time. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, a huge video library with uh, something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big, baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows Raising Kids with Big, Baffling Behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash with, read all about it, and if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too.